To those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress. The hate of men will pass and dictators die, and the power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. Soldiers, don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, and what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You are men. Welcome everybody, this is a Room Tone, the radio show, and here we are on 100.5 FM talking movies because we love it. Let's make it happen. Vancouver is springtime over here and the film community is rising. It's time to make it happen and chat a little bit more about music and content creation in 2019. And I want everybody to raise your hands because here, joining me in the booth, is Merv Thomas Barb Ellis and Jason Lawrence. How are you Good, all right, all right. Well, first things first, let me ask you, who are you? Uh, my name is Merv Thomas. I'm uh, Nihio from Saskatchewan. I live in uh, Coast Salish Territory, and I'm very happy to be here. Amazing. Thank you for that, Merv. I'm Barb Ellis. I work in the Indigenous community. I'm a second-generation settler here in Vancouver, and I'm looking forward to talking about some exciting things that are happening today. Amazing. Thank you, Barb. And Jason? I'm Jason Lawrence from the Canadian Aboriginal AIDS Network, and I'm the Promising Practices Coordinator making films with the Canadian Aboriginal AIDS Network. My background and my family originates uh, way far back, of course, but more recently out of the United States region. Mm-hmm. And I'm very happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Amazing. So if you haven't guessed yet, today we're going to be talking about creating Indigenous content in 2019. And so before we step into that world, I want to ask you, how did you enter? How did you become part of the film community and the film industry here in Vancouver? In 2015, um, we were approached to do three films with um, the Canadian Aboriginal AIDS Network. And so we were three films focusing on one on um, HIV in Saskatchewan the other one um, hepatitis C in Quebec and then the third one was harm reduction in Eskasoni in in, uh, in Nova Scotia so those films were created they've uh, they've been um, shown all over the world and um, one of the things that we really wanted to do was highlight positive stories about Indigenous people. Most times when we look at history and how Indigenous people are portrayed, they're always shown in a very negative stereotype. But we also wanted to not gloss over the challenges that Indigenous people face, but but show the hope. And um, that's what we are, our main focus of our, of, our, of our work is that we want to show that there's hope, there's resiliency amongst our people and that and that there is a bright future for for indigenous people throughout Canada and throughout the world. Wow, this is Merv right here with this beautiful resonant voice. Woo, amazing. And so this the, the question expands and you know, I want to ask also Barb and Jason, how did you all connect? How did you all come together? So for where we're at, I work also with Circle of Eagles Lodge um, and Merv has has joined us recently. He worked there before and then went off to make movies and do other fun stuff. So now that he's back, we have just to continue sharing that story in a different way. 
And I feel that telling a story again in a positive way of what's happened, particularly within the institutions in Canada, is an important thing that, that we want to share with everybody. Amazing. Thank you for that. And Jason, how, how about you, you know, and your story and creating uh, Indigenous content here in Vancouver? Um, I'd love to hear your point of view and how uh, you have come to fit the picture. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm wondering, are we... A long time ago, when I was a child, I had a passion for making movies. I got a Super 8 camera and evolved to VHS and, and always did and is always trying to be involved in production, being a musician, music videos, working for other bands and stuff. And then connecting with the Canadian Aboriginal AIDS Network got involved with these three films. And uh, so it was it was a great passion to be able to focus on some of the, the things that Merv was just touching on about showcasing the challenges, but also show, uh, you know, highlighting the hope and the great resilience and strength of the culture and i think that it's you know one of it's a very important thing to to be able to put the lens on and give give a realistic story from the perspective of the communities themselves let them speak for themselves and i thought it was a really great opportunity i think it was a, a good passion for all of us because it touched our hearts and it was something that really resonated with all of us this is beautiful. You know, I really see that love and, you know, and that passion for healthy storytelling is bringing all of you and, and, and you know, all of us as content creators in the film community together. Right. And so um, I want to step into also what the Circle of Eagles uh, has been, uh, the role of the Circle of Eagles for, for all this content and for all of you that have come together and how really there is this movement. There, there are organizations working to tell the stories in a good way that really highlights the resiliency um, of the community. And so I want to ask you about the, the Circle of Eagles and, and, and what is the role of that organization here in Vancouver? So Cir Circle of Eagles Lodge Society was uh, uh, incorporated May 29, 1970. So we'll be celebrating our 50th year anniversary next year. Congratulations. And um, one of the things that we want to do is, is show what Circle of Eagles Lodge has done and its impact uh, amongst the um, Indigenous people especially those that are, are reintegrating back into society from the institutions. When I started in 99, um, the representation of Indigenous people in the institutions across Canada was at 17%. When I came back a year ago, um, it has grown to 28%. So almost one in three people inside the institutions is Indigenous, which is very alarming and that trend seems to continue to be um, to be growing. So it's a very big concern. Um, I think that uh, there are a lot of good programs out there that are being done, but I think that there's a lot of um, work that still needs to happen. And so Circle of Eagles Lodge has been um, doing its work for the last 50 years, well, almost 50 years. And um, we've literally served like thousands of brothers that have uh, gone through the system and, and a lot of them have made some very positive changes in their lives through some of the work that we've done and um, one of the main things that uh, that really helps people make positive changes is really embracing their culture really knowing about where they came from their roots and really um, you know focusing on the healing of, of what cu culture is about through all the policies, the government policies, all of the uh, 
the um, um, you know the residential schools and everything that it, that they have faced. I think that that this is really um, uh, Circle is is is, uh, is there to provide some of those supports. Wonderful words right there from Merv. Really, culture is a way of healing, you know. And we can go back to the concept that also film is culture. And so, how can film also can create and initiate that that healing process? And so, I want to ask uh, uh, to the room and, and everybody. I want to ask, what was the common thread between all the projects that you have worked on? What was the common thread, and how did all all of that come together? So I think one of the common threads is really looking at what we can do to help the brothers and sisters. It comes from the bottom up, not up down. So it's really what can we provide? And and now we work a lot and really closely with the brothers. So one example of that is with the opioid crisis. And we pulled together a group of brothers that were able to let us know what it means for them. How can we help them? And we did the same you know, and then we worked up. So it started with the brothers, and then we went to community, and then we went to, you know, different um, Corrections Canada, and we kind of put everything together. But important in all our programming and the common thread through everything is how can we really help? And I think that's something that Circle of Eagles always looks at is, is what really can we do? We don't just want to dictate. We want to actually work together. Absolutely. Wow. I, I love this combination of words and everybody really coming together to share these stories. Now, Jason, how was your experience on, on, on creating this content and uh, really shining light on the topics that highlight that resiliency? Well, for me, I found it as a great opportunity to do kind of what you were saying is that film is a great medium. I, I've always had a passion for this. I find it's a way to focus like you can really slant a story right and to be able to show both sides of it and I've always believed that the common thread in all of my stuff is focusing on the deeper truth of what's going on I think there's always you know everybody's aware that you know there's spiritual warfare there's good and bad there's a struggle happening in the world with humanity and I would say the common thread for me has always been about uh, content with a conscience. So if you're making films, if you're doing stuff, let it not be fluff. Let it be something with deep content that is passionate, that you are like you're focusing on stuff that really means something to you. And so I've always, you know, I've always written stuff and made stuff that was really important to me. I mean, I'm, I, I, we can go into, I, you know, for the plugs, I do the medicine show on CITR. That's <laughs> right all on. about, that's all about, you know, delivering some, something that's really passionate to me. These films uh, that we did with the Canadian Aboriginal AIDS Network, very important content. It's, it's, it's focusing on stuff that's really meaningful and powerful. And so that's... It's it seems like uh, uh, meaningful content is uh, is the least that we can do as, as, as storytellers right now, right? What would content be without meaning, right? Would be a story without that 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 meaningful emotional connection that creates the change. And so I want to ask if there was one specific moment in your lives where storytelling has shifted something within you deeply. Oh, I see everybody looking around. Uh, say that again. How how. It's how it's has there been a moment in your life where film and storytelling has shifted something within you very deeply? 
What was the most impactful moment related to storytelling and what inspired you to tell indigenous stories? I think uh, in early 2000, Circle of Eagles did a, um, a documentary around the canoe. And I was raised as a, as a Christian, so I was very raised in a very strict Christian environment. And I think the canoe was where I really started learning about my own culture. So we created a, a documentary and and and, um, and it just showcasing like uh, um, the value of culture. So for me, that project kind of really shifted my thinking in terms of in terms of my own healing, in terms of the culture. And 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 uh, I don't know if that answers your question. Or, oh or yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, really kind of plugging another. This is really interesting because uh, touching on on how that that uh, the, the symbol of the canoe, you know, and that experience has really uh, invited you, you know, to step into into the culture in that way mm-hmm. and i think that that's really inspiring because that's that's what documentaries like yours do you know it's about shining light to inspire create hope and empower and mm-hmm. so one other question i want to ask you know is related to how storytellers can be aware and, and 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 be properly prepared to tell an indigenous story educate yourself do your research and be very mindful of protocol <laughs> protocol there you go i think for me a lot of what has attracted me to circle of eagles lodge and just the indigenous community is about learning i learn more than what i could ever give so listening hearing stories is a way especially orally right because that's how mm. we learn there's a lot of written stuff that we've lost there's a lot of written stuff that we will never hear about so this is kind of a way to in films to hold that hold that true and have future generations also learn and understand wonderful this these are again beautiful words right here and it's, it's uh, such a good time to have all of you here talking about the the the, the power and the meaning of uh, of of impactful stories especially in the indigenous culture um, there's been a lot of uh, chit chat and a lot of conversation around uh, storytellers telling indigenous stories uh, in a way that is not appropriate and so how I want to ask to all of you and in your point of view on how um, this topic has escalated and how storytellers can navigate the environment now that there is such controversy going on. Delicate questions right here. <laughs> I know. And, and, and I find that um, the culture includes a lot of spirituality and, and prayer. So a lot of things is is praying for an answer and seeking through your dreams and listening to storytellers. But it's also about consulting with people who are knowledge keepers, really, and seeking out answers through elders and being very discernful about the information you're getting. And I don't know, that, that kind of... What I mean to say is that seek out the information from from the knowledge keepers and sort of figure out what you can and cannot do. And as far as, you know, just being respectful. And that's I just wanted to say that. Yeah, I think uh, respect is a fundamental foundation of of um, of all of our work. I think that respect needs to be there for for everybody. Um, respect for the culture, respect for the traditions, but also respecting each other because at the end of the day, we're all part of the human family. And I don't think that, um, I know that there, you know, like I know that there are people out there that would say, um, you know, like non-Indigenous people should not be uh, sharing these stories about Indigenous people. 
But I think um, if there's respect and, and real genuine respect and that there's no exploitation, I think that they could be shared. And um, But I think that we also need to, to, we need allies out there. I think Indigenous people need allies and, and, um, and we all need to be respectful of each other, you know, respectful of, you know, acknowledging that, yes, I'm not Indigenous or yes, I am Indigenous, but I also I, I do have um, um, a way that we can work with each other so that uh, that respect needs to be really there. So, Thank you, you know, for sharing. Oh, Jason, yeah. Well, I was going to say, man. you know, there, there, are, there are things like uh, established things like seven sacred teachings, elders protocols, and things that are good guidance paths. And talking about the human family is is like we are all varied and we all do have these different aspects that are reflected in these types of documents everybody needs to be respected equally regardless of your background your race your orientation these types of things and that's a realistic thing that i think needs to be considered when people are talking from a point of of hurt or or anger it's because of past traumas and we need to consider that when people speak out against stuff that's happening sometimes it's coming from a place of a real concern and sometimes it's just coming from a place of uh, of that somebody has been through a lot and i think that that's that's something to keep in mind when people you're always going to have objections when you're making stories when you're when you're when you're out and you're doing stuff into the public you're always going to have criticism and we have to you know, be mindful and respectful of that information, and of course, discernment comes up in that as well. Thank you for sharing this. This, this precious. Uh, it's it's so precious to have all of you here. I uh, really thank you for sharing that. I'd love to hear uh, Barb's take on on all of this. So for me, and I find it interesting about the allies. And one of the biggest compliments I can get when I'm sitting with any you know any culture, but particularly with with Indigenous peoples, is sometimes I forget that you're not indigenous because I really do believe that we have to as particularly as settlers here we have to find important and hear the stories and learn because one of the things I find that most people are scared of is the unknown so once they understand and once they know it becomes less scary and then we can start to work together we can be in the same circles so for me that's a big part of it it's not looking at us and them but we have to repaint that picture of of what we're all here for repainting the picture i really like that you know and 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 it, 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 it really resonates you know hearing how the unknown is what creates that fear and sometimes it really reinforces that stigma and it's a stigma that is present not only when it comes down to telling stories of a specific community but if we look around in the world stigma is, is present all over the place and so it seems like storytellers are really the way to break and dissolve that stigma story after story you know frame by frame and so i want to ask you you know where do you see yourselves where do you see the circle of eagles where do you see the film community in five years from now i believe that and and we see it more and more the reality shows on tv people want to know what's going on in their head they want to know what's really happening when we break that vulnerability, when we open up and we allow not only other people but ourselves to be vulnerable, I think that's where I see. And we see a lot more of that happening. So it's not acting anymore. It's actually being. And I see that's a direction that a lot of 
storytelling is going in. It's it's no longer necessarily a written script, but what's actually really happening. Mm-hmm. So being true and honest to to the reality and to to the events that occur whenever we take, especially in documentary filmmaking, right? Because another interesting topic is the concept of hybrid documentaries, and so documentaries that take inspiration from reality mm-hmm. and you know and then they diverge a little bit and they create small moments of fiction you know have you ever thought about that is that something you, are you are you familiar with hybrid documentaries yourselves i i love the idea <laughs> <laughs> i don't think that that would be uh you know something that we would be including i'm not you know don't want to speak for you two but i i don't see that necessarily as part of this specific content but I love the idea, uh, and I've seen it done in like what the bleep is going on, and these types of things. I love that film. <laughs> Interesting. Well, it's it's definitely a good point. Uh, uh, are you, uh, how about you, Merv and and, and Barb? Uh, your take on hybrid documentaries and how those can tell the story a little bit differently than from traditional documentaries. I think that you could use all mediums in telling stories. I think that there's place for those. Um, in terms of the documentaries we're doing, I think that we really want to focus on, um, you know, like trying to tell the, the true story and, and not exploiting it and not, you know, like not sensationalizing it or anything. And I don't know what you mean about hybrid. I'm just thinking, like, is it like something around the mockumentaries, for example? Well, hybrid like- is, is basically documentaries. <laughs> uh, there's been a documentary released not too long ago, and it won uh, Tribeca 2018 called uh, The Island of the Hungry Ghosts. And so the documentary uh, basically, yes, uh, in cor- it was concept. partly, yes, partly traditional documentary, and partly it was basically scenes, uh, scenes, you know, they were set up and prepared. And yeah. so that's really yeah, exploring, like that. yeah. exploring the line right and, and uh, challenging the blurry line of, of content creation and documentary and, and narrative and, and really uh, creating something a little bit different more avant-garde more forward-thinking but at the same time could be a risk uh, depending on the stories that you want to tell right and uh, that's something that I really want to hear your thoughts on this and in addition to that you know uh, we are approaching the time for our break and so before we play the soundtrack, this is this is the soundtrack of Smoke Signals. And Smoke Signals is the first film ever to be directed uh, by a Native American director. And so um, I'm really, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys know the day, but 1998 is when the film was released. Um, it seems like uh, there has been um, a change towards around that time with, you know, the dates really colliding come together. And I'll ask you, looking at the past 20 years, in relation to the community, where are we going for the n- upcoming 20 years? We uh, we attended the LA Skins Fest in, in Hollywood and a couple of our documentaries were, were shown there. And I was very amazed at the talent of the indigenous folks that were showcasing their work there. Like I was like blown away. The talent, the, the incredible storytelling, the uh, hybrid, uh, doc, uh, doc, documentaries that were shown, um, like just the the the, the incredible um, talent there is amongst Indigenous people, and, and it's growing, and um, so I was very proud of all that. So, like, um, I think that the future is very very hopeful and very strong for Indigenous filmmakers. Amazing, seems yeah. Barb, you want to make it happen? I, I just want to say I think too with with the way that we can do film and documentaries we can do them on our own now which makes a difference because you don't need a label behind you there's more people that are able to get their word out 
and be able to be heard than there ever used to be. Absolutely, and I think that that accessibility is the revolution of, of the 21st century, right? And everybody can access those DSLRs and those editing softwares and really tell the stories from within. And that's what's exciting to me because this is what's happening and this is what the world needs. Any final thoughts on that, Jason? Oh, no, I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, uh, the, this being said, you know, uh, we're going to take a little break. And um, this is the Crow Hop. Uh, by the Black Lodge singer, so everybody enjoy. This is the soundtrack of Smoke Signals. Welcome back, everybody. This is uh, Room Tone, the radio show. And here we are on 100.5 FM Cop Radio, talking movies because we love it. Today, we are joined by Merv Thomas, Barb Ellis, and Jason Lores talking about indigenous content creation. Now, let me ask you, we've been talking about the responsibility, the awareness, the education that goes into creating indigenous content. Now, I want to ask you, what's your artistic background? And how did that take you to creating indigenous content right now? I'm going to steal Jason's... Uh, <laughs> Go ahead, please. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was a baby. <laughs> nice to throw food against the wall, though. Just joking. Um, it became art when it hit the wall. Yeah. Though. Um, <laughs> well, I kind of fell into this. Um, 
because uh, I didn't set out to be directing documentaries. I you were a painter. Oh yeah, I did. I did do a little bit of painting. Come on, let's start from the beginning what? and just quickly summarize. So this one time, I, I quit drinking and and um, and I had needed to replace that with something very positive. So I started painting, painting pictures and and uh, and uh, and that's how it started. But anyways, for do- documentaries, I kind of was kind of um, thrown into it, and and uh, so I had somebody working with me the first the first film, and then the second and the third film, I kind of took more more of a leadership role in it and and really really fleshing out the um, the vision of what we wanted to to the story that we wanted to share and and how we wanted the, the story told so there you go interesting interesting there you go barb so for me you know i'm not an artistic person to be honest or i'm i'm, I'm not in the traditional sense and i remember when my brother was very young i took guitar lessons for six months and i practiced every single day and my brother picked up the guitar and he played it in 10 minutes, what I'd been practicing for six months. So <laughs> not a lot. Of, but, but what I do enjoy is I do enjoy telling stories. I do, in te- I do enjoy listening. I do enjoy learning and, and creating in my own way. So I always consider myself as, you know, people try very hard to paint inside the lines. I try very hard to paint outside the lines. So that's kind of where I, I feel that that's coming from. That's great. And thank you for sharing that because as you said, you, you are a storyteller and we are all storytellers. You know, we just tell stories differently. There are painters, there are musicians, there are uh, filmmakers, photographers, and even a conversation is a, is a form of, of storytelling and therefore a form of art. So this is why everybody's an artist, you know? We all have that creative vein, you know? It's just about, resur- you know, in, in, in resurrecting it sometimes because life throws so much at you, you know? And it's important to keep that in child alive right and i know that jason has has a lot of that art within all over the place and i want to ask you what's your artistic background well, Jason? you know I, I i love the way you put that because it, it, it's so true that everybody you know has their own expression their human expression the human condition is expressed outward in many different forms and painting outside the lines if you took the form of a silhouette and just painted lines going outwards from the edges of the silhouette. You're painting outside the lines. You're still creating art. You're still gonna end up with a silhouette that is blank in the middle. So we are, as, as artists, like I, as a child, I would try to draw stuff because I would see my friends be great artists and I thought, wow, and I would try and I didn't get it. I couldn't draw a stick person good, right? <laughs> and. And then I, I, I tried some abstract and I felt, wow, I've freed myself. I've just like, it doesn't have to have intellectual meaning. Sometimes it's just an emotional expression. You're putting color on a piece of paper. Now that's, that's one thing. And then getting to an older age, I played music in, in a band with my family. And, I, and one time I sort of got... I need to play my own form of music. I like a different type of music that my family band's playing. I picked up a guitar. I felt it so freeing to write music. That's where it all started, really, where I identified as being an artist besides throwing, you know, being doing abstract art, becoming a musician, being able to express myself because the paper doesn't judge you. Okay, so back in the day before we were using computers to write we were writing on paper and that's so that's where i'm using that expression from is that the paper doesn't judge you you can say anything to that paper you can get mad at it you can you can get romantic with it you can tell it your deepest darkest secrets and then say oh it's art it's a song i i can say that right 
and no one could ever say anything because it is art and i think that that is part of the uh the freeing part is that you will never be judged if you call it art you can get away with it so be honest in your art and and that was a huge thing for me and it's very liberating in that being able to do that and that's why i find uh it's sort of like an escape mechanism art is and in, in different forms making films you can actually do that you can create a whole story and express yourself so it seems like uh, as you mentioned it you know with art we can talk about things that we would not otherwise be able to talk about with such comfort uh, normally right and that's where music and, and and filmmaking really all come together you know and the presence of music as well in filmmaking you know and creating stories and so Right now, we are approaching the time to go for the one-minute pitch. And so I kind of want to ask you guys, who's going to go first? And, you know, here on, on Room Tone, the radio show, we usually give one-minute chance to, to pitch for one minute a show, a project uh, that the guest wants to make, wants to make, what's bring to reality, give birth to. And so I want to ask who's going to go first to pitch it. Jason, want to make it happen? Um, well, you know, I really would like to pitch a whole bunch of stuff and I'll try and keep it to one project we're working on a new project I, I I've touched on the fact that you know Merv and I have both worked on three films together from the Canadian Aboriginal AIDS Network I encourage everybody to listen to the medicine show every second Wednesday 6 to 8 p.m. and we are making this new film about Circle of Eagles great work for their 50th anniversary I'm looking really forward to this I think for the future I would like to expand into um content as well that's more artistic i've got ideas for things that are more fiction and they allow for that that uh mockumentary that hybrid documentary i want to say rock opera mockumentary combination expansion into it like so you want to like, picture right now i'm gonna hit that clock right now i'm gonna give you one minute you ready oh my gosh are you serious i thought that was the well pitch. i thought that too well <laughs> for the way you took it you kind of faded into it right there but uh, uh i'm gonna give you one minute from now you ready i i, I think you I'm did done. it okay that's it all right jason lawrence there you go pitch one minute pitch all right then we transition barb you want to pitch right actually now? you know what i don't want to tell my story because i because it's it, it is in my mind and i i think that intellectual property is really important to create before releasing it so that it's that it is not expanded upon by somebody else so i've got ideas but i'm i'm done thank you for sure yeah i respect that <laughs> i respect that for sure awesome barb you want to go for it yeah, so one of the things, I've spent thousands of hours speaking with the brothers and sisters with what's going on, and one thing that I want to have is that voice be heard. I want the story to be about what what the brothers and sisters go from an Indigenous perspective all the way through, from the beginning to the very end of their story, um, when they're on and they're successful, and we've seen so much of that. And, and again, going back to the fear of the unknown, I want that to be shared. I don't want there to be fear, but I want there to be inclusion and respect and trust. There you go. And that's the one minute pitch from Barb. So Mer, you want to make it happen? You ready to go for, for the one minute pitch? Yeah. All right. Perfect. Let me reset that clock and I'm hitting that clock right now. So I want to do a, um, a full feature length documentary around culture. Um, I've had a chance to visit different cultures, uh, well, different countries. Uh, in particular, Australia, New Zealand, and I want to, and I saw so many similarities, and also I've I've visited some Latin American countries as well, but around culture, and I want to show that 
the similarity around around the cultures throughout the throughout the indigenous communities throughout the world, but how how culture is healing and how you know learning knowing about your culture is is, is absolutely incredible to your to your healing journey. So I, I, that's the story I want I want I want to share. What a great pitch from Merv right there. That's interesting. So really going and touching base and creating the common thread between uh, all the indigenous uh, and native communities across the world. That's uh, Really? I, I, I have to chime in, Merv. <laughs> no, you I've been begging you. Been, I have been begging you to make that film for two years. <laughs> okay? And so uh, we, I, I came across an, an Iranian filmmaker that wanted to make a very similar concept. So I'm so happy that you've said this because now we can go forward with maybe perhaps collaborating on such a project, especially you too, Ruggiero. I've, I've been telling you that. So I think that, like, I love radio that we can actually, okay, there's an interview, then there's a conversation that can be expanded upon the interview. Uh, George Strombopolopoulos, I, I, I love his style. It's, it's so good to so, see how this, this conversation mm-hmm. is going all over the place. So, and, you know, it's, it's like, uh, Jason, you want to make one more, one more, uh, one more um, uh, exploration? Oh, that's it? Now no, you're no, no, no. I'm just saying that I think that I, I think it's a, it's a brilliant concept. And I would love to expand upon it more and talk to you more outside of these, this, this interview. There you go. Interesting. There you go. Well, thank you all for your pitches. And uh, now it's time for the Proust questionnaire. So at the end of the show, we usually uh, pick five questions randomly and we get to talk about life. And somehow it connects to filmmaking sometimes, you know, not all the times, though. So we get to talk about life and spirituality and things that happen outside of the film environment in, in, in filmmaking. And so I'm going to throw the first question out there. The first question for all of you is what is your greatest extravagance? Now, very briefly, everybody, let's go. What do you mean? Extravagance. You take it how you want to take it. I love to travel. I think <laughs> that travel is like, uh, it's amazing. I think that before I used to be a homebody, I used to just not want to travel, but the travel bug has hit me and I really love getting away and, and seeing all different cultures. Like I was in Europe and just amazed at the, at the um, you know, the history and in, in the, in I went to where Marie Antoinette was born and I went to where she lived and then I went to where she she got beheaded and, and it was history like it was just incredible so and then and then going to Australia New Zealand and then going to Mexico every year I, I love travel I think that's my extravagance if I could travel I would travel well not all the time <laughs> but I, that's my extravagance. Thank you for sharing that. That's a great point, you know, and how Europe is so different from North America, right? There's a different density and a different culture. And I think there is a responsibility and a duty also for us as, as Europeans to bring that culture with us, you know, and share with the world what, what, what we've, we've, you know, we've, we've been going through as a, as a, you know, as a nation, you know, personally talking to about Italy, but other nations, you know, there's so much in Europe. And I think that's really the beauty of it. Right. You look you look at a city and a film community like Vancouver, the diversity that makes this place so special, that diversity, you know, needs to be celebrated. And so that that difference, you know, between between the different continents, it's so, so precious, you know, so, so precious. Now, Barb, how about you? What is your greatest extravagance? My greatest extravagance right now is time with my grandbabies like time you can't it, it's so it's so you can't do but if I could have more time every minute that I spend with them and look it's great being a grandparent a parent but it's even better being a grandparent so it's looking at life and, and watching how they learn and grow 
has been amazing. And even, you know, going to the storytelling, I love telling them stories that go outside the box. So taking stories and being able to share and listen to their stories back. So it's it's every moment, every moment is something exciting. Awesome. Thank you for that, Barb. Jason, your greatest extravagance. Merv, do you want to chime in and concur on that last one? Because yes. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. No, I, I really relate. I, I, I created a piece of art uh, several years back with, uh, it was multimedia. I wrote a song called Polluted. It's about extravagance and indulgence and even debauchery. And it's about the polluted minds, polluted cars, polluted air of of the world. And, you know, mostly about the polluted, which comes from a polluted spirit and a completed sort of thing. And there's a video on YouTube from my wife, Mary, called Polluted, that has me singing a song about the content dressed in a long-haired wig and tight pants, <laughs> dancing on a table and going crazy. And it's got this this tossing a salad up in the air and this, this model, this girl, and then she's pouring syrup on pancakes so that it's on my, on my stomach. And it's just like... I, I, I just wanted to go for something that was art. Art, art, art. And so what is art? That's another big question, oh, right? Oh, it was, <laughs> it was this very indulgent, extravagant video that was made on an extremely cheap budget. And I encourage anybody who, is, if this sounds interesting and exciting, like it, it shows images of extravagance to it done on a very cheap budget but it looks it's it's kind of a fun video and to some people they've said oh it's my favorite this is one of my favorite pieces of art and i and i was so i was so it's such a compliment to hear that type of thing but for me it was another piece of passion for me that was extravagant thank you and for that art and passion they really go together mm -hmm. eh nice next step next question of the proust questionnaire when and where were you happiest Opa. There you go. Goes the, there goes the the eyes crawling through well, the memories right there. Well, I think Got that. It. Oh man, yeah. So I, this is uh, jumping off from Barb's um, grand grand. The first time I held my grandson, like he was uh, two days old, three days, yeah, two days old. It was the most incredible feeling I've ever experienced. And um, you're right. It like being a parent is something, but being a grandparent is absolutely amazing. You just don't. You can't, I, I sometimes I'm amazed at the love I feel because it's like real love. I've never experienced that in my, my life, like love for, for like uh, another human being like that pure love is really incredible. So I just wanted to. Wow. That's yeah. beautiful. That's whoo. That was, it was amazing to witness you, you know, sharing this story. That was <laughs> great. Barb, when and where were you happiest? That's a tough one because I live to enjoy every moment, really. Like every moment Yay. is a blessing. So to take one moment is really, really difficult. But for me, I guess my my happiest moment would be when I realized that I was doing what I want to do, where I was happy with with what my choices are and who I'm what what my goals are. So for me, that really that really was a pinnacle moment and conveniently it happened when I was, you know, close to 40. When when people and I figure I've got a lot more of my life to enjoy many more happy moments. So thank you for that. I love the Jason cheering in the background there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's I think it's kind of an advantage that I'm speaking last because I'm being inspired by these answers, you know? And I think that like it goes back to the films that inspired you, like there were so many. There were so many moments in life that were I I live f 
for to to be a very um, positive outlook, and I live to seek out uh, appreciation for life, and, and and to have respect for the great gift of the life that we've been given. So I have be, I have lived through. You know, of course, I, I'm a little older. I've had I've I've had different experiences through money and lack of money and love and stress and these types of things. I would say that some of the greatest, like experiencing poverty, extreme poverty and extreme indulgence and and, and opportunities. When I was very young, we used to carry buckets of water from a stream that was a half a mile up the beach. It would pour onto the beach. And we would have to walk a half a mile with buckets, fill up the buckets, bring it back to our little cabin in the woods where we had the whole family crammed into a one-room little shack out in the woods with no electricity and no running water. And we would heat up water on the stove. And that was probably difficult because we had to create food from very little. And my brother was really good at making gourmet foods out of such basic ingredients. And that was the happiest time of my life because I was so connected to my brothers and sisters and my family that I, I now I look, I thought it was a struggle at the time. And, and I look back and I say, wow, we were so connected. We had such a bond of strength that it was so enriching to look back onto those moments. And it compares to moments of, of the greatest falling in romantic love and those moments of realizing your connection with the creator and the great, you know, immaculate connection with the universe and love of God and those those types of things that I, I would say that those moments in that little cabin were the greatest moments of my life. Wow, that's that's a story right there. Wow, Jason, talking about storytelling and storytellers, that was a beautiful story you shared with us. Holy, oh, it really was. I have never had an answer like this in the Proust questionnaire. So that's, that's that was honesty, really. That was I'm beautiful. serious. That was beautiful. I really want to thank you for that. And that leads us to the third question of the Proust questionnaire. We're gonna to have to pick up the pace a little bit. What do you most value in your friends? Everybody looking around in the room who's going to go first? I appreciate the fact when people are really honest and give me the hard truth. Now, a lot of people focus on the positive. I'm actually going to focus on the negative. I appreciate growing. Thank you. Thank you to all of my friends who have been honest and given me constructive criticism. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that, Jason. That was nice. And boom, there you go. Very boom, yeah. Barb, for go me, for it. For me, it's respect. It, it's respect from... From my friends, it's respect for me to them. It's always keeping that as the foremost. So even at the toughest times, respect and being there to like, it's it's so vital. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that. And Merv? Yeah, I think that the same thing as as, uh, as both. Well, I, I'm not really like, I don't want to hear the hard, hard truth <laughs> 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 about myself. <laughs> I think that's something to say. Team. Just don't say it to me. Just go somewhere else and say it to somebody else. I think that respect is very important, and I think that um, you know, like um, empathy, like understanding where people come from, and understanding where I come from, and just being empathetic to people. I think that's that goes a long way. Mm -hmm, amazing. And now that takes us to the fourth question of the Proust questionnaire: Which historical figure do you most identify with? Isn't that a hell of a question right there, huh? Isn't that a question right there? I would say the worst and the best. I, I, I identify with the ideals of, of uh, 
certain characters. I, I love Chief Dan George. I love Jesus Christ. And I identify with the faults of people who have fallen on their face and gotten mud on their face. So I identify with the with the bat with the with the mistakes of characters, but I idolize the good ones. Well, look at that intensity, throwing that punch on the on the uh, interesting. So now, I, even though I appreciate coming last because I can good. reflect on other people's mm-hmm. answers, that was a passionate. There answer. you go. So, I can yeah. feel that definitely, Barb. So mine is an odd one. It's Mother Teresa, because one person can make a difference and i've always believed that and if if one person can make that ripple that butterfly wing you know across the world that's what i believe and i think that's a really good good um person just to show i mean there's there's all kinds of controversy and of course my second one is dorothy from wizard of oz so can't <laughs> nice. get better than her yeah. there you go oh also britney spears the immaculate beautiful <laughs> <laughs> Mine is Princess Die. Just oh, joking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think um, I think like uh, like when you look at it, the leaders like uh, Gandhi and uh, you know like people that really made changes. I think it's like real the people that were not that were willing to stand up, like Malcolm X and all those like civil so rights leaders. Identify? I can identify with them. <laughs> And then uh, Princess Di throwing herself down, down the stairs. The stairs. Mm-hmm. Oh, woe is me. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But anyways, um, yeah, no, that's that's what I think. Nice, very lively trio today here in the booth. <laughs> this, uh, woo, this is this is quite some energy up in here. I love it. And uh, this leads us to the fifth question of the Proust questionnaire before we wrap this whole burrito up. And the question is, <laughs> what is your current state of mind? Go for it. Don't think about it too much. This is a question to just it's answer. It's wrapped up in a burrito, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's a little bit of crazy, right? It's it's um, with with what we're doing, what we we work with every day. It's a lot of, of hard stuff we deal with, honestly, on a daily basis. So always keeping that humor. So the state of mind right now is always a little bit crazy. Not cat lady crazy, but pretty close some days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just finished my vacation and and I uh, was off for two weeks, ten days in in uh, Mexico, and um, so I was feeling very, very, very like calm and like first day back at work, I was feeling really I can do this, you know. But now I'm back to being crazy. <laughs> I have been experiencing, uh, you know, like it, it's it's the end of the, the fiscal year, taking time off and going back to work, as Merv said. Um, I'm My state of mind has been really confronting this great battle in our culture that I spoke of earlier between good and bad and seeing that the bad is often coming from a traumatized place and having compassion for that. So it's for me a big struggle being like, uh, and identifying with that too. I mean, I'm far from perfect. I I just, uh, I'm trying to stay balanced between a very stressful, a lot of pressures to get stuff done and dealing with people who are frustrating coming from different perspectives and trying to balance all of that out and lastly there is this added icing on top of it all which is like what barb said is seeing the beauty and the happiness and searching that out and seeing the cherry on the top you know we amazing it's well good it's beautiful love babies i love you all <laughs> there you go jason <laughs> um everybody this has been a very very rich episode 
Uh, and I want to thank you for joining us here today on Co-op Radio, 100.5 FM on Room Tone, the radio show. It's a pleasure to always invite new guests from the film community and uh, always invite new storytellers with news and different stories to share. And so before we really leave it to the soundtrack of Smoke Signals, I want to ask you, what's your piece of advice to emerging filmmakers and storytellers out there? Mm -hmm. I think respect, you know, like um, in everything we do, like we need to be respectful of, of the people, like the like especially in documentaries, we need to be respectful of the stories that are being shared with us and uh, not exploiting them, but also not being uh, scared to really put it out there. Um, so respect, I think, is very important. Mm -hmm. I think for me it's about encouraging people to tell their story and to be there to listen and give the time and the space for them to be able to share their stories. At the, at the time, what I hear often is, you know, my story's not important, but every story is important, and just giving that time and space to listen. Mm -hmm. And I would say it's a balance between... Um, there's, like, filters of respect, and then there is... Um, when you are being influenced by culture to form your your art piece as um what do you call that uh where people uh be, on, be like be passionate and, and don't allow the don't be filtered by culture just be filtered by respect be honest do your passion and go for it all the way like tell your tell, tell your perspective um be honest and, and drive the boat what, of respect. What do you call that when people, <laughs> people uh, put, put uh, they, they uh, stop you from telling your story? What do you call that? Uh, well, that's a, that's a specific word that might not be in this room right now. Hinder? Right. <laughs> no, but anyway, I, I would say just be honest and, and tell your story fully and completely, but still use respect, respectful filters. And being uh, culturally responsible for how you're influencing people. But, yeah, go ahead. Please go for it all the way and be honest. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that, everybody. And, uh, you know, this was Room Tone, the radio show. I'm Rogero, your host. It was a pleasure to touch base with you guys every Thursday at 11 a.m. here on Cop Radio 100.5 FM. We had Merv Thomas, Barb Ellis, and Jason Lawrence talking about indigenous content and creating indigenous content in the film community in 2019 here in Vancouver. That being said, I'm going to leave you to the beautiful and majestic soundtrack of Smoke Signals. Uh, everybody, enjoy your springtime, enjoy your time here in Vancouver because this is a very important uh, time of the year. Transition is upon us, or we are the transition itself. Enjoy the day. Ciao, ciao.